What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. ID check. Show me your ID. Check, check, one, two. Check, ID, check, check. No. Can I get a checky? Get carded. Yeah, get carded. Ma'am, are you old enough to be listening to this podcast? That sounds weird. No, I like it. Ma'am, are you old enough to be hosting this podcast? Can I see your driver's license and ID? Yeah, yeah, get, yeah no, That's I the get. same thing. Driver's license same and thing. ID is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm a little weirded out after watching this last episode, so we're going to talk about it. Great. Let's do it. Yeah. Tonight, we are going to be moving along our journey of episodes that you should not watch alone from the ID network. And we're covering a new per series. Per an article. We're not just making that up. Per an article from ID Network about ID Network. Right. Yeah. Oh, the article was from ID Network? Uh-huh. Oh. It's in. It's uh, incestuous. Yeah. Mm. Insidious. Mm. Inception-y. Okay. All those I words. Um, tonight's episode is from the series True Nightmare. Do you mm-hmm. know about this series? I do. Oh, you do? Okay. Had you seen this then? No. Oh, I had heard one of the stories. Uh, That we heard tonight? Yes. Okay, I had heard one as well. Actually, I'd heard two. So we'll see if they're the same. Okay. And then, so this is season one, episode five, and the episode is called Overstay, You're Welcome. Thoughts on the title real quick? Anything? Well, the first one was like kind of, I guess, the the doctor overstayed his welcome in a relationship. (laughs) With a dead person. And then in the second Don't one. Don't give it away. Has to do with like a, an in kind of. So that's you kind of, you're welcome here, but not really. And, yeah. then, and the then the third, third one, one. I don't think had anything to do with it. Yeah. Nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's the title. Doesn't, don't read much into it because it doesn't mean anything. Um, in our intro, I met for the first time Todd Robbins. I don't know him. Am I supposed to know him? I love him. I don't, I didn't know, he's super fancy. Who is he? Explain him to me. Oh, Where I don't did he really come know from? him, but he looks like um, John Walsh. He does, a younger, uh, yeah. But more uh, Fraser, like more New Englandy. Oh, okay. Or British or something. Sorry, I thought you meant um, Fraser from, mm, never mind, I'm not going to tell you what I thought because I got the name wrong and it's embarrassing. I thought you were talking about Kramer from Seinfeld. You said Frasier. I immediately thought Kramer. Is that because Kelsey Grammer together makes crate Kelmer? That's where we got it. Okay. Kelmer. You know me well. That's how that worked. Okay. Okay. Um, But yes, he is. He's sort of, he is. He's a little, um, what's the, what's, what's his brother's name? Who's the David Hyde Pierce? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit John Walsh, David Hyde Pierce mixed together. Dapper. I like him. Yeah. And his name is Todd Robbins. Yeah. I don't picture him as a Todd. I, I picture him as a Todd. I'm not sure if I picture him as a Robbins because I get stuck on Tim Robbins and it's not it's not right. He kind of looks like Tim Robbins. Really? Okay. Maybe. They're both white guys. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he's lovely and he's fascinated by dark stories, which yeah. makes him kind of lovely and spooky. Uh, like he's going to tell us three twisted tales. So this is a threesome episode. We get three little mini stories. It's a truple, thruple. It's a thruple. He says they're nightmares that have already come true. Yeah. I don't know. I could see that for these. That that seems right. So our first our first story of the night is the story of Dr. Carl von Kassel. Yeah, I don't. Kassel. Yeah. I don't like Germans that have von in their name. It makes me feel Holocausty. I don't like it. I'm going to state right off the bat that there is a theme to these three episodes and it's not overstaying your welcome. I think a more appropriate name for this episode would have been the Germans. The Germans are coming. German invasion. I love Germany. Oh, not the third one. Yes. That's third where one too? They live there. All three. All three have German. Influences? All three have Germans in them. The third one did? Takes place there. What? Yes, I know. Trust me, we'll get to it. The Hollywood stuntman one? Yes. Oh, wow, I missed that part. Okay, yeah, it's weird. Anyways, so this part one is the story, Dr. Carl Van Kossel. It takes place in the 1930s. 
And we are, um, by the way, again, reenactments with some twists because Todd is also inserting himself into the reenactments by hiding behind buildings or being inside buildings or coming out of things. He, he sort of makes appearances throughout to carry the story along. It's very much like a play and where the narrator is part of the, like, will will start talking about a scene and then like step away and be like, and here is Sunnyvale where we begin our play and then opens his arms and then he walks away and the, the play takes place. But Todd is within that scene. Like, hi guys, I'm Todd. I'm just going to walk away now and you're going to watch the people behind me. He's the omnipotent being. He would be the one that the lights go up. You're right on him in the corner. He would say... Many years ago, mm-hmm. in these very woods, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, then lights go down on him, but he stays there the whole play. And you mm-hmm. see him doing things. He's like flipping quietly through a magazine yes. or something, and yes. then lights come back up Smoking on him. Smoking a pipe, maybe. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Elena Hoyos is dying of tuberculosis in 1930 in the bedroom. Uh, there is her- In the bedroom? Very- in the bedroom in this scene. We all, we see the bed and we see her dying in the bed. Like which um, bedroom? Yours? A bedroom. Just the bedroom. <laughs> the bedroom. It's, it's the om, omniscient bedroom. I'm going to just keep using those words. I'm going to use all my Christian words. Okay. So Christian she words. is surrounded by her family and her devoted Dr. Van Kossel. He sees her almost every day and is trying to treat her for this tuberculosis. And he tries really hard to save her, but no can do. She ends up dying in a very dramatic fashion where you sit up in bed and take one last gasp (laughs) and then fall very quietly and pretty back onto the pillow, which I think is lovely. And I would like to think that people die like that. Unfortunately, that's not how that works. So she dies very dramatically and everyone's very upset. And the doctor sort of moves away from the bed as the family moves in weeping Todd Robbins is around the corner of the bedroom. Surprise. <laughs> I wish she'd been like, boo. Sort of swoops in boo, and says. I'm here. I've been here the whole time. He's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, but he's like a soft Beetlejuice. He's a nice Beetlejuice. Um, so he, he said that the doctor had never had a patient so lovely and sweet as dear Elena. Next scene, we move to the cemetery and we're in front of a huge mosque. Um, and it turns out that the doctor himself paid for that mosque because it seemed a bit much. I mean, those are very expensive yeah. to be buried in a tomb by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. So Elena's sister, Anna, is at the funeral. She's crying. She goes up to the doctor and says, you know, thank you for this giant cement building to house my sister's bones. And then Dr. Von Kossel mm-hmm. speaks for the first time in a very, very thick German accent. Yeah, and I feel funny. like we could have known by the name, but where are they? Did America. we get? Did it say 1930s America? Just think it was. Didn't this? What did the sister have an accent? She almost had a Hispanic accent. Yeah, they were definitely Hispanic. I think this did not take place in America because this is this is one of the stories that I know, and I'm pretty sure this is in like Italy or Spain. Huh. This is in Europe. Hmm. This is not in America. Okay. So the actress playing Anna, the sister, chose not to really have an accent, which is only made more noticeable by his very, very strong decision mm-hmm. to have the biggest German accent he could muster. And he, he did fine with it. He was good. Mm. Um, and he was a creepy doctor. He played a creepy doctor very well. He was sort of tall and hunched over and very thin. It seemed to work for him with the wire yeah. glasses. Yeah, you know? I think he's typecast a lot. As Nazi doctor? Uh-huh. Yeah. Not Nazi doctor number four? Okay. Yeah. So then at the cemetery, Todd Robbins, again, steps out from inside the mosque this time. So he's all over the place. And he tells us that Anna visited the mosque almost every day for the first few years before she starts to move on and deal with her sister's death. But Von Kossel has a harder time moving on from the death of his beloved Elena. After a few years had passed, Anna starts coming only once a year on the anniversary of her sister's death. So that coming every day sort of trails off. And on the ninth anniversary, the grave of Elena had sort of fallen into disrepair. They sh- they show this by having one of the angel statues in front knocked down. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure wherever they're shooting, it's extremely expensive. So they didn't want to do a lot of damage. 
best true. It was smart. So it's been, and it's been like a decade. So I would think that, but I would still think that, I don't know. It's fine. I don't know how much disrepair actually happened to the grave. I didn't look it up. It just looked so, like overgrown with weeds and stuff. Kind of, but it and looked it like le- stuff- It needed a power wash. I don't think they had those in the 1930s, though. This whole, the, she goes to seek out the doctor since he had said he would maintain the grave so he can buy the, you know, repair it, pay for the repairs. And I was kind of like, what have you done, sister? Like, why can't you pay for the repairs? This is exactly what I wrote down was, okay, so apparently he had not only bought this giant, gorgeous mosque, he was in charge of paying for the upkeep. Yeah, forever. He told the sister that. So I think that's why they showed the statue knocked over, because I don't know if Anna could have picked up this huge stone statue by herself. So I think that if it had just been weeds and stuff, the audience would have watching would have been like, you can pull some weeds. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. For your sister. For your sister's beautiful mosque. Yeah. So uh, Anna goes to his house and we hear Dr. Von Kossel in the bedroom and he's reading a story. So that's fine. Everything's normal. And we see someone in the bed next to him. And I think everybody knows what's happening at this point. Um, but Anna doesn't. So Anna goes into the room to find well, she Dr. She lets herself into this man's house and then upstairs into. Because yeah, she hears him talking and she thinks he can't hear her. So she sees him sitting by a bedside and there's someone in the bed. And so she lets herself in to that room. Like, hi, patient, that doctor is clearly working with. And I'm just going to enter. Hi, um, he my sister died nine years ago. Sorry to interrupt him taking care of you. I'm wondering how this really happened in real life, because this is a dramatization. So I don't know if it happened quite this way. Also, why is he not hearing her? Is he now hard of hearing? Also, if you had something going on like he had going on, wouldn't lock you lock your, your door? Doors. All the doors. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. So she goes into the bedroom and as the camera sort of pans around, he's kind of blocking the person in the bed, pans over and shows the most terrifying dead body doll that has ever been seen. It looks like Sloth from the Goonies in the face. Combined um, with like... The skin suit from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and so Anna does the best scream. She gets two screams in, and they are what you would call the blood-curling kind, where you're screaming at the top of your range She's and you a get a vibrato. Scream queen. She did great. Girl, you better put that in your reel, because that was a real good scream. Mm-hmm. Not apologizing for that pun. Mm-hmm. That was sure. a good pun. So uh, it's, re- it's pretty creepy. Um, I knew this story. I knew that about the creepy doctor who had, but honestly, I thought it was in Italy. So I don't know. I thought he was an Italian doctor too. So I had the whole thing wrong. I believe this is a case file episode. If anybody has heard the case file episode. Yeah. Um, And I think it might even be a two-parter because I feel like there's a lot more that happens in this story. Yeah, they give it, it's like seven minutes on this story. Yeah, it's really not. I think probably because it would be the most expensive to shoot. Because of the locations you would have to get and yeah. uh, wardrobe being 1930s. That's my thought. I don't know. Um, anyways, she screams and we find out. I think out- ID Network has a lot of 1930s show things. Because a lot of weird, wacky stuff was happening in the 1930s. When In the Depression? I'll bet. People yeah, get weird. That show, um, A Crime to Remember. And that's 1930s? It's a lot. It's like 1940s, 1930s. Was that the Black Dahlia murder? Yeah, that was around that time, I think. Hmm. Okay. So we find out from Todd Robbins, who also happens to be with us at this time. He's always with us, Katie. He is. Excuse me. He is always with us. At least from now on, he will always be with me. He's watching over us. Mm -hmm. So he said... That what what Von Kossel did is he waited at the day of the funeral. He just waited till everyone left and then went into the mosque and took the body, moved it to his house. And then he tells us because she was much, much more than just a patient, which I think we all figured out. Right. Yeah. Um, He had fallen in love with her and they were going to get married. He had every intention of marrying her when she got better. But I don't so wait, did she love him back? Yes. He was quite a bit older than her. Do we only have his word to go by that? Yes. Okay. 
yet we have only him who thought that they were in love. So I think he's a little off. Yeah. So we will never really know. Um, and I think he killed her because she said no. From tuberculosis? He, he injected her with the disease? He fake killed her. We, the, the family doesn't know it's really tuberculosis. Could have been poison. Oh, there we go. That would be interesting. So he goes into the mosque and says, I'm taking you home now, Elena, and all the creepy stuff that you would expect someone like this to do. He then set about preserving her body. He, when her eyes fell out of her head, he replaced them with two glass doll's eyes, which is terrifying. And they show us this in B-roll with clamps going in Mm. to the eye socket. Mm. And I was like, oh, they're going for it. Okay, we're going to see this. And then over many months, used wax-coated silk to wrap her arms, legs, and face to sort of mimic skin. I knew about Uh. this part, too. Because there was some, there were some other things he did to preserve the body that they left out. But did you see him giving injections to her? He yes. has a big needle, and he says, "This yeah. is going to make you live forever." Yeah. I don't remember what that is, but it's something. He did a bunch of weird stuff to the body to make did it he, look like, more like a human. Inject formaldehyde into it. It wasn't formaldehyde. I feel like it was something else. It might have been blood. Who's it's blood? something weird. It's something really bizarre. I don't know, but at one point he goes, this is going to make you look more and more beautiful. It's <laughs> the weirdest accent. He's good. He did He did a great job. And also he had to act against a terrifying That's dead true. doll. That's true. He had to act against Leatherface. Yeah, it was really creepy. It was. It was like Leatherface. That's exactly what it looked like. So, um... So her hair, of course, the body's hair, Elena's hair starts falling out as dead body's hair falls out. So he goes to Elena's mother and says, did you keep any of Elena's hair? Because she had gotten a haircut during tuberculosis, like her treatments, and asked if she had kept any of it. Um, So a couple things. I don't think she kept a bag of hair. I feel like she maybe kept a lock of hair. But unfortunately, at this point in the B-roll, they show the good doctor with what looks like a sort of matted black wig. Yeah. And I was like, the mother did not keep a bag of hair, bag of hair. So much hair. It's a long wig. It is a lengthy, long, like down the end of her back. Also, how did he talk her mother into giving him this hair? I treated your daughter 10 years ago. I want her hair. I know you're her mom and everything, but I was her doctor. So I sentimentally would like her hair. I don't think he went with that. I think he lied. I think he said, I'm doing some research on how to come up with cures for tuberculosis. And I'm going to need her hair to look under a microscope. I think he used medical jargon on her. Yeah, that might be. Bet bet you that's what he did. And I need all the hair. I can't, not just a couple strands. Because it's 1930s. I'm going to need all of this to make a wit for science. Yeah. Science. Yeah. So, or science. I can't do the German accent right now. Apologies. I've forgotten how to do it. So um, so mom says, okay. So Anna calls the police after her scream, obviously. And Von Kossel is arrested and stands trial for desecration of a corpse and grave robbery. And I feel like there could have been some more charges. Yeah. <laughs> that seems light. It just seems a little light. Um, but the worst part about it is that he gets set free. He's, he gets, he gets absolved of all of them because the statute of limitations had run out on those crimes. So that it means had been like 10 years. They don't care about our bodies after a certain point. No, Just they're like, have at it. Free for all. Yeah. <laughs> Necrophilia, whatever, do whatever you want. As long as it's after eight years. Let's move on. Um, he was released. Elena's family is really, really mad, of course. And Elena's body is respectfully reburied in a secret location. Good. Thank God. Yeah. So come to find out, the good doctor, or the weird doctor, rather, he dies 10 years later. He passes away. But he's supposedly alone when he dies, except that across from him, sitting in a love seat, is a life-size Basically, paper mache. It's a plaster papier mache, papier mache version of Elena, because he couldn't have that body, so he made a different body. And she seems to have recovered. Her she has a good color to her skin, and she's sitting up, you know, yeah, watching TV, hanging out in the living room. She's no yeah. longer bed bound, so yeah. 
Good for her. She recovered from that tuberculosis. She's wearing a lot of lipstick. She really is. Yeah, and she has a glazed expression on her face. Um, yeah, and I have to think doll. that in the 1930s, plaster dolls did not look that good because that was a mannequin that we saw. Very good for the time. I don't think it would look like that. Yeah, I doubt it. I think that if you look up pictures of Elena doll, you're going to be no. upset. So I'm going to request that no one do that. And also, I do have a feeling, if I remember the story right, that he tried to get her body again. Oh, I'm sure he That did. there were a couple more times when he tried to get the body. This so is I'm that just... epitome of, of Me Too era consent. Is she into it? Are you getting an enthusiastic yes from her? And she's dead. You are not. This is a one-sided relationship. So you need yeah. to back off, doctor. What I don't understand is why they wouldn't send him to hospital. Like, why wouldn't the right. court say, okay, but well, we're going to mandate. Well, he had his mandate... license taken away. Was he allowed to treat other patients? No, no. That was long gone. No, that was it. It was just him and the doll forever. I, we can't, okay. It's romantic. It's like that movie with um, Lars and the real girl. I haven't seen that movie. Is that what that's about, a doll? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I think it's Ryan Gosling. Okay. So let's move on to part two. Part two is the story of Colonel William York. This takes place in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And Todd tells us, and Todd is not wearing, like, a cowboy vest, and I thought he might wear a cowboy vest and oh. a hat. But he's sort of always in a suit. I wish he came out to Will Smith singing Wild Wild West. Really? What about Back in the Saddle again? What do they have? What's the song in um in uh yippee, yippee, and the you know the yippee song in uh City Slickers? Do you know what I'm talking about? Dun, 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 dun. Like it's almost like it's like rough right. That's the kind of song. What the rough was that noise song. you just made? Yippee! With the hat throwing. When they're trying to ra- they're trying to rouse the cows. Okay, like yeah. come on, uh-huh. yeah. That sound. <laughs> so I'm just not doing a very good job of it. Anyways, this is the Wild West. A time and place when anything was possible. Lots of young people traveling the frontier looking for the American dream. But Todd tells us very wisely that the funny thing about dreams is sometimes dreams are nightmares. But it's hard to tell before it's too late. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. But I, no, I, li- I like Todd, but I didn't like that. I think he's saying sometimes things seem like they're a dream. Like, it's too good to be true. But it's actually, you're in the middle of a Stephen King novel, and you just are now realizing it. But it's too late. Because you're about to get hobbled. See, you understand, Todd. You and Todd would be a Mm -hmm. dynamic duo. We're simpatico. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So we are in Harmony Grove, Kansas, 1872, and a young man is dead. They have a serial killer in their Parish, county, area, not sure in the Wild West, area. Parish is like a church thing, isn't it? County, group of towns, group of homesteads. Town. It's not a town, though. I think it's like a group of homesteads. There were no towns? I don't know. I don't know about the Wild West. I don't know much. Yeah, because the person who rode on the... The Wells Fargo Express, they would go from town to town, wouldn't they? Or would they go from parish to parish? No, that is a church thing. Yeah, aren't they this aren't they like set up by church? The Wild Sometimes. Wild West? I don't know. You think it's I know? The, well, I don't yeah, you don't know. Okay, none of us know. It's fine. In the town of Harmony Grove. It's a town, it has a name. A serial killer is killing strangers who come to town. It was a Popular spot to stop for the night. I'm the sheriff of this here town. Yeah, there we go. This here parish. No, No, it's not a parish. (laughs) But have I got you thinking about it now? Yeah. I feel like I've almost changed your mind. Yeah. So so Harmony Grove is a popular spot to stop for travelers that are moving their way west. So Kansas City, that makes sense. I don't know where they're going. I don't know if this is gold rush time. I don't know. William York, Dr. William York, stops in Harmony Grove on his way west. Don't know why he's doing that. They don't tell us. He gets asked in town by a ruffian. I I don't know how else to describe him, but a a ruffian. 
I feel like they could have made his teeth dirtier, though. Yeah. The ruffian sort of had white, shiny Hollywood teeth. Yeah, but everyone did. They didn't have the um, the budget to... Yeah. yeah right. um, but they did a pretty good job in wardrobe for this, because this is not cheap. And I was like, I was watching, and they did well. Um, so this ruffian stops Dr. York as he's going through town uh, with his fancy pony and asks him about his saddlebags and wants to buy them. Now, saddlebags are bags on the horse, leather bags. Saddlebags is also something else, and we will not talk about those. Like he, my thighs? They are, a, a, it is a common term for a flabbier thigh area, mm-hmm. and also I have heard it referred to for pockets of fat that collect under your eyeballs when you get older. Oh. Saddlebags. Yeah, I've heard that too. Okay. So, but these are actual beautiful leather saddlebags that the ruffian wants. All of our saddlebags are beautiful in their own way. I am size. Size beautiful. Size beautiful. Actually, size beautiful, as the doctor would say. Mm -hmm. So that's the last anyone hears from him is this conversation with the ruffian wanting his saddlebags and the doctor not really wanting to sell them to this ruffian. Um, Then that's it. That's the only conversation, I guess, that is had, and we don't know anymore. So Colonel Edward York is a Kansas state senator. He is a colonel in the Union Army, and Dr. William York is his brother, and he needs to find out what happened to him. So he rolls into Harmony Grove, and he stops at a place called the Bender Inn and Grocery, where we meet the lovely Kate Bender, who's very cute I and probably her. got a lot of roles after this. You know her? Uh-huh. As a person? Uh-huh. A real person? Uh-huh. You do? Who is it? Is she nice? She's very she great. nice. She's a really good actress, actually. Yeah. Do you know her from work? Yeah. Yeah. She's really nice. Yeah. Something she did a long time ago? Um, I'm guessing so, or maybe not. I mean, there's only, how many seasons were there of the show? I think like three. And what season are we? One. So maybe she did great. Yeah, she's, she did really, really she's good. Were you, really good. Did you laugh when you saw her? Were you like, ah, I wasn't 100 percent sure it was her. I go, I think that's her. And then I looked it up on IMDb and it's on her credits. Oh, that's cute. Um, so she is actually really great. And they describe Kate Bender as being very charismatic and charming, which this actress does very well. Um, and Kate Bender immediately starts hitting on Colonel York uh, because she has never seen a handsome stranger come through. Mm. And she doesn't know anything about Colonel or Dr. Saddlebags. She doesn't know. She's never seen him. She says she didn't hear about him being in town, doesn't have any information. But she really wants the Colonel to come in and stay for dinner. He doesn't have time for that. He's here to find out what happened to his brother. So he needs to go from homestead to homestead. Sugar. Yeah. He's here for murder, maybe, or at the very least disappearance, question mark. So she, he says he's going to keep going homestead to homestead, try to find out because he knows that he disappeared in this area. I don't know how he would know that. He posted a letter via the Wells Fargo Express, the Pony Express. He said, I don't know why I keep calling it the Wells Fargo Express. That's fine. The Wells Fargo wagon will be coming down the street. (laughs) Maybe I'm saying he had posted a letter from the previous town saying, I'm about to go to this town. Yeah. Dear mother, dear father, dear brother, Mm -hmm. I will be traveling through Harmony Grove. Mm -hmm. It sounds delightful. I'm hoping to find a chicken. Wish me luck. A chicken? I don't know. A a companion. He was hoping to find an animal companion. Um, Chickens probably don't travel well, so that it wouldn't have worked out for him. So he says he's going to go to the next house, which is Addison Roach's house. And she says, well, you better watch out for him. He is dangerous. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go there if I were you. But the colonel is handsome and dashing and daring, and he doesn't pay the young lady any mind and goes there anyways because he needs to find out what happened to his brother mm-hmm. so as he first of all addison roach sounds like a made-up name i'm just gonna say and i'm not surprised that he's a villain because that's his name so he goes to addison's and starts poking around because addison roach is nowhere to be seen he goes into his he just lets himself into his barn and 
lo and behold, there are his brother William's fancy saddlebags. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. All of a sudden, we see a rifle in the shot. Mm -hmm. And Addison Roach is holding a rifle on him. Mm -hmm. They have a little bit of a standoff. You know, these are my brother's saddlebags. Where'd you get these? I don't have to tell you nothing. Get out of here, city folk. That whole thing. Well, first, Um, he has a flashback to what happened 30 seconds before, which is the chick telling him, beware of this guy. He's dangerous. And then he's like, good thing I remembered that thing that happened 30 seconds ago with the flashback because this guy has a gun on me. So I wouldn't have figured it out by myself. But maybe if he had had that flashback a few minutes earlier, he wouldn't have gone snooping in a barn. Yeah, but it literally just happened. He might have memento disease. (laughs) He might. We don't know much about the colonel. Yeah. So except that he's here and he's causing trouble looking for his brother. So on the way. So. He gets scared off by Addison, but he's not giving up that easy. The saddlebags are there. He knows he's in the right town. He knows his brother didn't get very much further than this. So he decides to go back to town and talk to the sheriff. On his way back, he finds a body. Is it William? No, it's a stranger. It's a dead body lying in a ditch on Addison's property. How he knows it's on Addison's property or where the markers are, we don't know. That doesn't matter. He puts the body on his horse, starts riding or walking his horse back, and he passes the bender in again. They come out and say, is this is this your brother? Is this Why him? Why did he take the body with him? I think respect the dead. Couldn't he just inform the authorities there was a dead body there? I don't think it works that way in the Wild West. I think you you're... Have to, if you find her keeper, find her's keeper, find her responsibility... Is on you to transport the body. If you find it, you got to carry it. No, I think he was doing the right thing. I think it was like, I'm going to bring, give this body respect and bring it into town so we can get a proper burial. Because otherwise the sheriff and everyone else is going to just leave it out there in the field. They were? I don't know. I don't know how it works back then. (laughs) I wasn't there. I'm thinking he's doing the decent gentlemanly thing. I think Um, he's disturbing a crime scene. They don't know about that back then. They don't do anything like that. So he sees Kate and the family bender. And they, I'm sorry, I should also say that we also meet Kate's mother, Kate's father, and someone named Johnny at the bender inn. But Kate's the main one that he talks to. He says, Kate, will you come back to town with me? Because I'm about to roll in with this body. And I don't want people to be suspicious of me because they don't know me. And you can stand up for me and say, I'm an okay guy. So they go back into town, talk to the sheriff, and this is apparently body number nine, the sheriff says, random field dude. So sheriff decides when he sees the body that it's time for a town hall meeting. We need to have a gathering. I need everyone there. Kate, you and your parents spread the word and make sure that Addison Roach is in attendance. Next scene. What are they going to do? Like interrogate him at the meeting? Just have everyone turn on him? I don't know. We think we know who it is. And everyone turns and points their fingers to Roach. He's a witch. Burn him. Burn him. Yeah. Okay. So at the town hall, the colonel takes the stage and tells everyone about his missing brother and that the saddlebags of his brother were found at Addison Roach's, then offers a reward of $1,000 for anyone who knows the whereabouts of his brother. So at this point, everyone notices that, uh oh, that. Addison Roach is not at the meeting. And so he must have done it. He's the one. Everyone starts peas and carrots, 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 carrots, all over the place Mm -hmm. until the sheriff shoots his gun in the sky. Always a good silencer. So the sheriff shoots his gun and then tells everyone, basically, don't go after Addison. I'll figure this out. And then hisses at Colonel York. Thanks a lot for that. You just made my job a lot harder, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. The sheriff isn't very good at his job. The colonel seems to be doing most of the work. Um, But the sheriff decides he needs to head out to Addison Roaches before everyone, quote unquote, I can't say what they said because it's had bad connotations, but hang, hang him in a tree. Oh. I won't say the other terminology for that because I feel like it has, I didn't like the, I don't like the connotation. Okay. It upsets me. That's fair. So now, Kate Bender decides this is her best chance to have a date with the hot colonel. She and is says, horny AF. 
she is excited to have a young, hot, rich colonel in her town that's around about her age. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. I would kill for that. <laughs> a young, hot colonel next door? Yeah. Oh, Corona and the colonel. That would be your lifetime story. And then you guys would pass notes back and forth to each other through a window with like little clamps. Little clamps, little tongs. No, you know the things with the the grabber things, the log things. Yeah, the grabby hands. <laughs> It'd be real cute. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, anyways, so Kate Bender asked him to dinner. They're sitting around the table. Mom isn't there because mom doesn't feel well. But um, pretty quickly, we see mom behind a curtain. And so it's at this point that you realize that the benders are bad. Mm -hmm. I had a feeling the benders were bad since Kate came on the scene. I was like, she has way too big of a role. Something's wrong here. So I didn't know till they said, where's mom? And it was like, uh, she's um, uh, sick. She's sick. Hmm. So it's just mom and Papa Bender sitting at the table. Papa Bender, who looks a lot like Papa Smurf to me. Mm. He's not blue. I thought that was cute. <laughs> but he's sort of ruddy and he's got a beard. Okay. It doesn't. He looks like Mickey Rooney in uh, Pete's Dragon is who he looks like. Anyways, hmm. so they're having stew. Um, the colonel's like taking his seat sort of at the head of the table and steps on a board and it creaks. And he's like, oh, there's a creaky board here. And then we see that underneath the floorboard, there's a person. See, I did not buy up. that whole thing because they live in like freaking wooden cabins. Everything is creaky. No, they live in like Laura Ingalls Wilder. They're in a cabin. Yeah. Little house on the prairie. Yeah. Everything's creaky. Right. I don't even know how those houses work. This board then. is creaky. The whole thing's creaky. You think also that probably he could have seen the guy sitting under the house? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you'd see the whites of his eyes if he's just sitting there. I could be crazy. I don't know. I've never done it. So as he sits down to dinner, Sheriff, by the way, is going to see Roach and like the town is following with pitchforks and whatever. Um, and mom is behind the curtain, a curtain that's like, so he's sitting and there's a curtain hanging on a thing behind him. Mom's behind that curtain and you see her raise a hammer. Like this, it's not even a hammer. It's like a little... Like an axe. Okay, a little mini pickaxe. Yeah. Yeah. And as they're sitting down to eat, Kate's like making small talk. And Papa Bender takes out his watch to like... Because, oh, he asks where Johnny is. I don't know who Johnny... Who Who's Johnny? The brother. He's under the house. Okay, so I'm impressed that the colonel remembered his name. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Papa Bender takes a pocket watch out of his pocket to look at the time, basically like, well, he should be home soon or something. He's doing the equivalent of checking your watch, which is. Yeah, except checking his pocket watch. And then the colonel notices that this is a expensive looking pocket watch and says, no, 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 no. That watch looks a lot like my brother's watch. And so, uh oh, he's getting very, very suspicious. And the. Papa Bender won't answer the question where he got the watch. He keeps kind of avoiding, avoiding, and Colonel's getting mad and stands up from his chair just at the moment that Ma Bender comes at him with the pickaxe. Now, how does he get away? He flips the table like Teresa. But how did he see her? Um, Ma Bender. I think she just didn't hit him good enough. I think she just got caught in the she, curtain. Maybe she tried to hit him through the curtain, I think. And maybe it got tangled. It was real weird. Whatever happened, it was a snafu. Did he get hit he at fl- all? He couldn't have gotten hit with the axe. He would have been but I, dead. It was confusing to see, like, he did he see her reflection in his spoon? Well, that would have been cool, but we would have needed a shot indicating that that was what was happening. And I didn't get no. that shot. I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. It was basically just that she missed. He flips the table. Kate gets caught under the table. And then, of course, says, just go get him, Pa. Just go get him. 
kill him. And you're like, okay, definitely they're all murderers. We knew it. We didn't know it with the axe? We knew it. We knew it. So the colonel manages to run to the roaches, which before he had to do by horse, but now he just runs and tells the sheriff, it's the benders, it's the benders. And (laughs) Addison Roach comes out and he's all beat up, but somehow he's bandaged. Mm Mm-hmm. And like he's, he's they take care upset. of their prisoners there after they do police brutality, they wrap them up. No, it was the town folk. Oh right, after you're hit killed hit by a mob, they yeah wrap you up. they came after the mob. But also, if the Benders are beloved in town, why would they believe it was the Benders? I know. I feel like they totally believe him instantly. The stranger who's saying it's the instantly. Benders. Yeah, it was the Benders. That's really confusing. So now we get the backstory on the Benders that. Fam, the family business, as Todd says, was murder. Mm-hmm. First, they sent out Pretty Prairie Girl, and she was sort of, you know, it was always men. It was always men travelers. So she would just kind of lure them in. Then Mom Bender came in from the side to cook the food. And Mom Bender, at this point, we find out, has a very, very heavy German accent. For no reason, not important to the story, but they pointed out. Right. They say she has a heavy German accent. And I was like, are they from Germany? Was that to make sense of the actor that they had chosen? Or was that real? And they just felt like that was giving the story more international appeal? Well, I think they must be German, but... Yeah, but not sure how that's relevant or why we don't get to know that until the very end. So this is, again, is this a shady German episode? Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. And why is mom the one with the hammer, with the pickaxe? Yeah. Why does she have to do the axing? I don't know, because another time they have dad doing it. Well, they have dad doing it in the reenactment for the flashback. So right now it shows they how they would turns. put... Tra- yeah, Except it would put Kate. Tra- Kate is just luring the men in. No, that's all. Kate's the lure. She's mm-hmm. the bait. So she has to keep her hands clean. Mm-hmm. So they would position the traveler in front of the curtain. And during dinner, they would hit them with the hammer. And steal all their belongings. And then a trap door where that squeaky board was would open. And Johnny was waiting underneath to finish them off. So here, okay, there's it's a problem. very like, um, it's t- too many steps. It's very, too many steps. um, Sweeney Todd. Why, why don't are there so they many do that in Sweeney steps? Todd? Yeah. Why, why? I don't know, but I like it. It's, it's, it's like an assembly line. It's like a slaughterhouse. It is, but here, but I don't see why you need the last kill because why can't then it goes? It all is contained in the basement. The blood is all contained in the basement. They never have to clean up anything. Oh, so it's just a little blood on the back of the head, and while they're groggy and like in pain, but what if they get raging mad and start like if you don't, or do they know exactly where to hit them? Yeah, I don't know if you get raging mad when you're hit with a pickaxe. I feel like in the head. Yeah, you do have to have good aim. Well, maybe it did not go so well the first time. They've had a, a few times to work on this to they get have, their system apparent, down. Apparently, they have killed 20 victims. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And they were actually the ones, of course, that sold the saddlebags to Roach. Mm-hmm. And Dr. York, there's bodies. Sometimes they would bury the bodies. Sometimes they would put the bodies just out in the field. Sometimes I think they would leave the bodies in the basement. Um, This all could have been avoided if they would have just asked Roach, where did you get those saddlebags? I bought them from the benders. Huh? Where did the benders get them? Right. Because Roach is a grumpy old man, and that's probably why they didn't want him to go see Roach. They had sold him the saddlebags. No, I don't know. Maybe Roach was in on it? Hmm. I don't know how innocent Roach is. Mm. So Dr. York is buried in a shallow grave in the garden. But the weirdest part about this story is that they escaped when the sheriff mm-hmm. and people are going back to look for them in the house. First of all, there's no light anymore. I don't know what happened to the light that was there before. All the lighting was taken away. They stole all the candles when they ran. They yes, fled they did. in the they night like with candles. Shoving candles in different saddlebags and just going. Yeah, they must so, have had go bags because they booked it pretty fast. They really did. Oh, you know what? He had a horse. He must have jumped on his, sorry. The colonel must have jumped on his horse and gone to Roach's, but they probably just didn't want to show the horse again. Right. They didn't want to pay for the horse footage. Night horses. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways. All right. So they escaped. I hope they weren't the hurting all these soldier or 
strangers' horses. I hope they were just selling the horses. I'm sure they were just selling the horses. Horses are a valuable commodity. Okay. They didn't say anything about horse graves. No, they didn't. Well, if this were Sweeney Todd, they would be putting them into pies. Third story, Germany, 2001. That's it. Germany. We're in Germany. Totally missed it. Yep. And totally confusing because most of this story seems to take place in Hollywood. I don't know. Yeah. So. No one has a German accent. Todd Robbins is on a movie set. And he's going to tell us a little bit about actors and how it's a strange business. One day everyone loves you and the next days, the next day you can't even get arrested or so the saying goes. But getting arrested isn't Gunter Kaufman's problem. Oh. Don't, don't, don't. So Gun- Gunter? She. Yes. Gunter or Gunter? Gunter. We're going to go back and forth. Gunter was famous for play- playing cops and gangsters. He's a big guy. He's a big, uh, like, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, black man, like 200 pounds. He's big, so he looks, like, scary and imposing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a hardworking character actor, basically. He's not, like, a leading man, but he's a good side character. One day on set, he meets Alexandra. She is a very pretty girl in a bad wig. Terrible. That's okay. It really is not great. It gives her a cone head in the back. Well, I she must have a lot of hair under yeah. there. There's so many blonde actresses. I know. Interesting. Anyways, uh, she is the PA. She is the production assistant on set. And she starts flirting with Gunter. And very quickly. Not appropriate. It went, it's not, is it? No. That's frowned upon. It's so frowned upon. But I think also if you're a character actor, maybe that's okay sometimes to have the sexy, hot, young, blonde PA hit on you. So it went from flirting on set to romantic dinners. I wrote romantic dancers. I wonder what I was talking about. Mm. Uh, And strangely enough, she did not want him for his money because they're a very odd match. She's just very young and pretty. And he's just, you know, he looks like a character actor. Mm -hmm. But also, you never know. Like... He's sort of big and strong. Yeah, but I think he seems to be a bit older than her. Yeah, by about 20 years. Yeah. If I had to guess. So she didn't want him for his money, though, because he didn't have any money. Right. He had a couple of ex-wives. Um, he obviously has a bad picker, which we'll get to. But she didn't. Money was not an, an issue for her. She just loved him. So they fell in love very, very fast. And they got married really, really fast. Harry Hagen is Gunter's accountant and seems like maybe his best and only friend. Yes. Harry does the ceremony. And I've never, ever heard a ceremony begin with, did you come here freely? Did you come here of your own free will? Maybe that's in the German. Did you enter into this arrangement freely? Or are you being coerced to? Like, is that your last cry for help? Is it the ceremony? You just wait for that question. Are you being sold to this man? Right. (laughs) He says, you may now file jointly and kiss the bride. Because he's an accountant. Because he's an accountant. He's making accountant jokes. Ah, Harry. Harry does not have a German accent. Also, in what no world in is a giant, a accent. giant black stuntman friends with uh-huh. this tiny Jewish nerdy accountant? In the world that you have three ex-wives who all have alimony payments. There you go. So you spend more time with your lawyer and accountant than anyone. There you go. Uh... So now Todd's now Todd says they were going to have to get back to real life. But unfortunately, during the honeymoon, Alex had found a weird lump on her leg. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was bone cancer, mm-hmm. which is really crazy. It's like That's that scary. movie with that girl, Julia that Stiles, I think. That, nar- that narrowed the field I think a lot. Maybe Julia Stiles had what? Bone cancer? Like knee cancer. <laughs> Walk in the Stars? Maybe. Or is that somebody? No, that's Mandy Moore. Oh, no. You're no, thinking of a not. walk to remember. That's Mandy Moore. Does she have cancer? She had cancer, but it wasn't bone cancer. This oh, is, okay. she specifically has, it's either Lily Sobieski or Julie Stiles, and she has like knee cancer. Just always <laughs> felt very odd to me. And it gets very serious? She, I think she dies. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, bone cancer is no joke. So, 
Alexandria starts chemo. Uh, it's nothing they can operate on. She's got to do the chemo radiation. Gunter puts his whole life savings into her treatment. And she's looking for anything that will work. So she's researching on the internet because chemo isn't really slowing the progression of the disease. And it seems like it's pretty aggressive. She looks fine, so, though. She's like, has... She looks fine. She has a full head of hair, but she's wearing a beanie now, which is like to, in, to indicate that she's maybe sick. I think the top of the wig got messed up. Yeah, probably. I, why didn't they just do the beanie without the wig and then it would look like she had cancer. Here's the thing. There's so many good lace front wigs out there right now with synthetic hair. Like you can buy them on like any site for like 30 bucks. There's no point in using an Elsa wig. That's the only reason we're calling it out. We're not being jerks. It really looks like a shake and go wig. So I don't know what that means, but sure. It's from Drag Race. So, so she's looking up treatment options and finds this experimental program in New York, but it's crazy expensive. And Gunter says, no, there is nothing too much. Anything that we think will work, we're going to do it. He sells everything he's got. They say he's held like all of his cars, his clothes. He takes any role, like roles that he would not normally take. Mm -hmm. He totally takes. He sends Alexandra to New York. He's a great husband. He's an amazing husband because he wants to save his wife, sends her to New York for treatment. And she leaves in a car, like, driving away from his villa? Yeah, I thought he was broke. His winery? Where does he live? Maybe it's a set of condos that look extravagant because it's, like, old Hollywood. But he lives in a crappy little apartment. It's it's an apartment complex. In Germany? Oh, right. I forget. We're not in Hollywood. Yeah, I didn't understand. Are we in Germany? Okay, here's the thing. Was that movie being shot in the beginning in Germany? And that's all Maybe, we're getting? Maybe, and then they go back to Hollywood. When he said, go back to real life, we go back to Hollywood. Because that was just confusing to me. Yeah, I don't understand. No, but they say again later the Germany thing. Wow, how did okay. I miss it? I don't, because it's confusing. Because there's a few things that happen that are very confusing. clearly Americans. Because where does Harry live? Also in Germany, but he's also American. Harry Hagen. Hagen. Yeah, but he's American. He has no accent. I mean, no, he has an American accent. I don't understand. It's like a I cluster some, of Americans living. They're all expats living and in Germany. And then there's American detectives. Okay, that's not. I don't know where I went wrong, but there's something wrong here that I'm confused about. I got to watch it again. Why do we keep getting confused by these ID shows? It's so sad. I, I'm going to blame you. I, I used to be really smart and now something <laughs> happened to me and I'm not smart anymore. That's valid. That also checks out. I think quarantine just makes everyone dumber. Yeah, that's probably true also. Like I'm just getting dumb. Yeah. Because I can't look at anything in the world. So I'm just staring at, you know, makeup all day. Yeah. It's bad. Okay, or listening to us talk and be dumb, which is making me dumber. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, anyways, Gunter sends her away from the villa. And now in the next scene, he's having a drink with his accountant, Harry. And he's also having a drink from these like this cut glass decanter and these glasses. And I was like, I thought he sold everything he owned. I know. Sell your, sell your crystal, man. No, he sell has your- a full on like wet bar set up. Yeah, sell that. You sold your clothes before you sold that? What clothes? Okay. Did you have like collector clothes, like vintage rock shirts signed by Elton John? What did you have? <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Also, like, you said cur- cars? He had multiple cars? They said cars. I thought he didn't have money. I don't understand. Okay, it's fine. We're not confused. We're fine. So he's having a drink with Harry and he asks Harry for $50,000. Harry does not make a lot of money because he's an expat living in Germany, maybe. Um, and he says, that's pretty much all I have. But I thought that was impressive. I was like, I, you have 50000 in savings? That's amazing. That's amazing. I know. I would. I would love to have five. I know. But I feel bad. I feel bad for Harry. Because Harry's going to give it to his friend. Yeah, I know. He just signs a check. But Gunter's convincing him that he's got he's up for this movie and it's 
What is it? It's lead it's a pipe lead solid? pipe lock. Lead pipe lock. Like I've heard a it's com- a lock, but I've yeah, never heard it's a lead pipe lock. Because you are technically in the industry. Yeah, never heard that. Also, I've really never heard someone in the industry saying it's a lock, except on TV. In the gangster movie. It's usually a deal that's about to go bad in a gangster movie that's a lock. Not like, I have this deal with Julia Roberts and it's a lock. So maybe they are in Germany. Maybe that's the term in Germany. It's unlock. <laughs> I lock. No. Okay. It's not going to work. So anyways, um, he gets the money from Harry, which is really sad, but he doesn't get the role, as we know is going to happen, because lead pipe lock. Never a lock. Lead pipe. There's, I've got a locksmith. So Gunter's getting really desperate because he doesn't have the role and now he needs to pay Harry back and Alexandra needs more and more money for this treatment that every time he calls her, she says it's working. Mm-hmm. And so he needs to keep her there. So he needs more and more to keep paying and now an additional 50000 to pay back Harry. So it's a mess. Next scene, the police have been called to the scene of a robbery and a murder. Harry. Harry's been dead. He's been done deaded. Mm -hmm. He has been asphyxiated. He is on the ground. Someone took his breath away, literally, as Todd tells us. Good job, Todd. Thank you. Yay, Todd. He said it so I didn't have to. So (laughs) the body still has his watch and his wallet. And detect we're now in the detective office where it can't be Germany because they're both super American, like almost like noir detectives. Like I got to go see him. See, let's go look and see how he's doing. Let's look into his friends. He's a little friendly with that one. See that they're a little bit like that. So I got to pound the pavement. Yeah. And at this, this point I wrote, why are they all American if they're in Germany? Okay. I was so confused. So, but, and we do get a well, well, well from one of the detectives who starts looking at Gunter's file. So that's copyright. That's a copyright strike for this episode. I like you, Todd. Don't make me do it. Are you saying it's a copyright from Keith Morrison? I'm saying that's mm-hmm. a copyright from well, the Lean King. Joe Kenda says, my, my, my. That's fine. That's not a well, well, well. Okay. Thief. It's fine. <laughs> this detective he needs to get his own. stole my heart. So. This, he stole my joy. This detective needs to get his own material, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Because you know he watched Dateline in preparation for his role as lead detective in the Gunter something and something story. So anyways, detectives decided that it's time for a chat with Gunter. So they, as Todd tells us, he has a very good scene rehearsed for this encounter with detectives. At the house with the detectives, Gunter tells this elaborate story of Harry... Okay, follow me. Harry grabbed him as he's... Harry was so angry that he didn't have his money. He he grabs at Gunter, this little Harry's little, and Gunter trips over him and falls on top of him. And when he got up, Harry had stopped breathing. He's like Lenny from Mice and Men. Yeah, and and Harry's the rabbit. Yeah, he just Lenny'd him. That makes sense. Okay, so he is six three. He's a big guy. Um. But I don't think that that's possible because in order, remember, in order to asphyxiate, it's a longer time than people think. It's like minutes and minutes. Right. But what if you fell down with your forearm on their throat and then you hit your head and passed out with your forearm on their throat? He didn't say that, though. I'm just asking. Would that work? Yes, that would be. Yeah, that would work. Are you going to try that with me? No. I'm much bigger than you. You can't do that to me. Are you trying to think of ways to kill me? No. When when this is all over? When I can come yeah. within six feet of you? Yeah. Yeah. That's how much you've been doing in your apartment. <laughs> just, just plotting. All of a sudden. The, I shall like, get my cam- revenge. Your camera pans <laughs> and there's like the wall uh, of stuff with like yeah. the string. Yep. And the things. Uh-huh. Oh, I'd be so upset. Um, and Oliver's in on it the whole time. Yep. That'd be a good movie. Copyright. Don't try to take it, guys. Okay. Anyways, the court like kind of halfway buys it. They only give him 15 years, but he still gets 15 years for murder, manslaughter. I don't know what he got, but it's not a murder or manslaughter because we're in Germany and I don't know how their court system works. Ach, manslaughter. I can't do a German accent. I can't either. So you did better than me. 
Manslaughter. I don't know. Slaughter. No, I can't do it. Okay, <laughs> except it was all a lie. All of it. Mm-hmm. Harry's entire story, which we, I was like, no, da, Todd. I know Not it's Harry's a lie. Not Harry's story. Gunter's story. Sorry. It, Gunter's story, I knew it was a lie. I just didn't know what exactly had happened. More like Gunter just got mad and killed him. But no, no, no. Gunter didn't have anything to do with it. Harry was already dead. Turns out, Harry had a hit taken out on him by who? Who took the hit out? Wiggy McWigster. <laughs> Wigstock. Wigstock Alexandra took a hit out because, I don't know, her excuses were many. It was that Gunter couldn't pay him back. He just was in the way. I don't know exactly what he was in the way of. Her treatment? I don't know. But he also was out of money. He wouldn't give Gunter any more money. And so he was useless to Alexandra. So she called someone and had them take a hit out. And Gunter justifies it by saying, I knew that she had taken this hit out on him and I took the blame for it because it was the last thing I was going to be able to do for her. Because he knew by the time she got out of he got out of prison, she would be gone because of her cancer. Yeah, but it was the treatment was supposed to be working. Okay, so the treatment's not working because there is no treatment. Twist of twists. But Gunter didn't know that. He didn't. But I think he still thought that it was just going to buy her more time, but probably not 10 years. Right. It wasn't going to send her into remission. It was going to buy her more time. Gotcha. But I could be wrong. I could be totally speculating on that. I'm not sure. So Alexandra is the shadiest shyster of them all. She flew to New York to party her days away, mm-hmm. as Todd tells us. So basically the last days of her life, she wanted to party and be with her boyfriend, surprise, Hans. Maybe he's German. But he's in New York? <laughs> Did she go to New York? Maybe he's Swedish. Oh, God. Okay. So she went to be Alexandra and Hans were living the high <laughs> life in New York. What? Alexandra and Hans. It does sound like we are. It's confusing. Norwegian or something. But they're in New York. So they are in New York. But apparently the hitman of Harry was Hans. Yeah. So Hans flew back to Germany to put the hit on Harry? And then flew home? No, I think. I think Harry was in California. So he flew to California? Yeah. That's, he flew to California and then flew back to New York, red eye. Did the hit, got out of town. Okay, that could be it. Because when when Gunter called Alexandra and said, Harry's dead, she knew already and she was with her lover in bed. So he flew right back to New York. From either Germany or Hollywood. California. Okay. So when Harry met Gunther, (laughs) Hans did the hit and Alexandra is still actually sick. She did not lie about the illness. Right. I thought that was going to be the twist. That that doctor who said it was in on it. I thought it was a fake doctor. But no, she just... She wanted Gunter out of the way, but she wanted money. She basically conned him so she could have money for the last days of her life. If okay, if anyone's going to hell, you're going to hell. Yeah. That's a horrible thing to do. So then finally. But she must have loved he, him at some point because she didn't know about the cancer before she married him and he never had money. Maybe he did she did know about the cancer. Maybe all that was fake. Yeah, I don't know why she did all that. Why did she do all that? Also, are they sure it didn't go to her brain? This sounds like the kind of thing where, like, it's a change of personality, right? It does. It happens. Like, it can change your personality. Yeah, but I don't think that's the same thing. They, I think she was the, just evil. The woman that we talked to says that she's a sociopath. Yeah. She just doesn't care, which is crazy. So um, sort of brush through this end part. But basically what happens in the end is that an informant comes forward and spills the beans on the Hans and Alexandra plan. And Hans goes to prison and finally Gunter is released. Yeah, the but they system they don't give works. us any information. Yeah, it, German system, American system, we don't yeah. know. And Alexandra, she's in the cemetery as Todd tells us. Yeah, where she belongs. 
Yeah, she does. Is she sharing um, a mausoleum with the lady from Elena? the first? Yeah. No, because Elena was taken out. So maybe she's in her spot. Is she in the secret grave with Elena? Is Alexandra buried in New York, California, or Germany? I should pay more attention. I get, see, I get lured into a false sense of confidence because I think, oh, it's an ID reenactment show. Like, this is, this is just fun TV. You know, I don't have to, like, take notes and pay that close attention. I can just enjoy it. And then I find out that I'm wrong and I should have been taking notes the whole time. You should not because I should be doing my job and know the problem is I did write it down and I don't trust what I wrote down. I have no confidence in my note-taking abilities. Surprising all because I take notes all the time. I think the new theme of this show of our double date with Dateline is Kimberly and Katie try to use their feeble brains to understand ID network shows. What other the ID ID network show did we have trouble with? We knew everything else. No, because the last one we recorded, you didn't know where it was the whole time in Canada. I did not. I did not know for the first five minutes. Remember, that happened very quickly that I figured out we were in Canada. But I tried to pay close attention this time. This is why I was so confused on the last one when they said Germany, 2001. I don't know. But the moral, uh, the happy news ending is also that Gunter's career got a little bit of a reboot because he got a lot of publicity good from the story. Good for Gunter. Yeah, good for Gunter. That's awesome. For a character actor, that's great. So hopefully he made some of his money back and maybe Harry had a family. He was able to help them out because his wife yeah, turned out to Harry. be such a He was like psychopath. the nicest friend ever. Yeah. He really, he was a good guy. Why did he have to die? Because he was going to be coming after them for the money. I don't know. I I don't think he was making threats or they didn't show us that. I don't know what Alexandra's excuse was literally that, or from what Todd told us, her excuse was that Gunter couldn't pay him back. But I think it was, I think it was honestly all a setup to get Gunter set away for, sent away for, to prison. Yeah, maybe. She ki- she killed Harry so that Gunter would get charged with it. But why? She's going to die anyways. Like, why does she need him to suffer and go to prison? He hasn't done anything wrong. He wasn't stopping her from being with her boo thing. He didn't know he about, didn't the, know boo about thing. the boo thing. No, I don't know why she didn't kill Gunter and not Harry. If Gunter couldn't get her any more money. That's what she should have done. Taken life insurance out on Gunter. Had him killed. It would have paid for... Harry back. It would have paid for her treatment. There was no treatment. It would have paid for her time with her lover in New York. If anyone was going to die, kill Gunter and take do the life insurance thingy. Yeah, agreed. It would have been better. She wasn't that bright. No, I think it went to her brain. I think something went to her brain and it was the peroxide from that wick. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode. Yay. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you were able to follow along. This is our first Better true nightmares. We I don't think this might be the only true nightmares on the list. Oh, but we're going to do more. I have not seen the last of Todd. Because Todd is fascinating. And next time, uh, I'll be careful on the locations. Yeah, maybe it wasn't me, but I have a feeling it was maybe a little. How both. could both of us been so, so confused? Well, uh, we need to get something right in it. Okay. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't go to Germany. Yeah, is that the moral? Germany has overstayed their welcome. I guess so. In what? The That's, UN? I don't know. It's, it's deeply political and we don't understand, so we just have to be quiet. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Ach, un lieb.